Hey everyone, this is our part eight of our Patreon labor or cybernetics and labor series. Uh, if you want the full thing, become a patron at patreon.com slash work stoppage. It is the only way that we get any funding for doing this and we really appreciate it. In this uh, episode, we actually go over all of the systems finally. We actually get all of the actual descriptions of systems one through five. It's super interesting. Uh, again, please support us on patreon.com slash workstoppage. It's the only way that we get funding for the show. If you can't afford to become a patron, jump in the Discord and uh, message one of the admins, and then you can get, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll hook you up. Uh, otherwise, here is the preview. Solidarity. But all of all of that to just lay the groundwork, really, for the viable system. All, all of this entire bonus series, <laughs> really, to lay the groundwork for the viable systems model. So uh, as I've mentioned many times, it is a comprehensive diagnostic tool designed for general use in assessing the viability of systems and can be applied at any stage of recursion. It has five, five primary components. Uh, systems one through five, and uses that shape of understanding to determine where in a system there might be failures or what Beer calls uncontrolled oscillations. And so before we outline these metasystems within the VSM, uh, and before I even do this, note on the word metasystem. Metasystem strictly refers to systems which are in order of uh, recursion above the system that you're talking about. So if you have a specific system one, the overall system it's in is the metasystem. But for the sake of conversation, and because Beer does this himself, we're just going to use metasystem to refer to any... Uh, other order of recursion outside the system. So we can call systems one through five metasystems within a system, just as we can call that system metasystems to the relative position of systems one through five. Hopefully not too confusing. All good? You with me? Uh, so... Yeah, so I mean, like, for instance, just for people, it's it, it'd be like, you know, uh, the, the system of nerves in your foot mm -hmm. are part of the metasystem that is your broader nervous system. Sure. But we would also be comfortable if we were just talking about the broader nervous system to call the foot nerves a metasystem themselves, even though I guess the technically more correct term would be subsystem or parasystem or some shit like that. We're not going to do that. It's just metasystem up and down. We're doing the equivalent of just getting rid of grammatical gender. There's no reason to have three ways to say the in a fucking language. Uh <laughs> <laughs> So we should make a note of three important things before we outline these subsystems or metasystems. So first thing, a system is defined by the observer. You may wish to consider the global economy, one nation within it, one government within that, one department therein, one of their employees, one of that employee's internal organs, the structure of that organ cells, etc. ad infinitum, ad reducto, ad absurdium, blah, blah, blah. The VSM is applicable across all of these recursions in precisely the same manner. This is the most critical thing about the VSM. Second point, the system five of each overall system is the constituent system one of the system above it in the hierarchy of recursion. In this manner, beer is operating on what you could characterize as a recursive or fractal ontology which stretches forever in both directions from the subatomic to the universal, to the multiversal, whatever. We're, we can't see the limits in either direction is the point. Um, and so you are able to operate smoothly between any registers of scale once you master this. And that's one thing if you'd like listen to Beer's lectures and hear him answer questions that you'll notice is he is 
unbelievably adept at moving from the particular up to the general and back down to another particular, uh, just effortlessly. That one right there, number two, has just answered like three of the questions I had on previous episodes. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, next time I record this series, I'll make sure to front load it. <laughs> um and a uh, third main point about the VSM, when talking about the VSM, it is important to remember that it refers to processes in the control system specifically. So we are not doing entity thinking here, although, of course, processes in the real world are invariably bound up with entities. When we are examining what the system does, it's important that we are looking at the actual processes and activities of the system as opposed to trying to crystallize these things into individual entities, which then can take on outside attributes and are very easy to project onto. And it, it, it's quite hard to project your feelings onto a process, whereas it's very easy to project your feelings onto a, a person or a picture or a movie or whatever. So that's, that's one of the many reasons why we stay away from entity thinking using the VSM. So yes, uh, this means it is important to refrain from identifying these systems that we're going to talk about systems one through five directly with individual entities within the enterprise. Although of course this cannot be avoided to some degree, it's just going to happen. So the control system, this is a, a sub point here. The control system is always embedded in the system it controls. And so there is of course some necessary confusion, but for instance, we would not confuse a gas station attendant the physical person with their role in maintaining the store, which could be filled by any employee, just as we would not confuse a physical synapse for its role as a transducer of information within the nervous system. So a little bit pedantic, but uh, hopefully fairly simple to understand. To translate to our, uh, you know, labor item, the uh, role of the agents of the bourgeoisie is filled by the individual managers. Mm-hmm. Now, when I say man, and that's where I say manager, I am referring to management, which does not necessarily mean the individual person at your job whose title is manager. <laughs> right. Because we're specifically referring to the abstract function. Right. Exactly. We are concerned with processes, with roles, and with activity. So, yes. Getting into the... So so that's it. That's all the table setting. Welcome to the viable systems model, everybody. <laughs> You've seen it. I'm going to explain it now. Uh, I hope it's not a huge letdown. I hope it's useful to you. Um, but enough uh, self-effacement. So here we go. The first three systems in the viable systems model are analogous to the autonomic nervous system, as said before. The nerve endings... And then in turn, the system of rhizomatic lateral coordination between those nerves and the autonomic nervous center in the brainstem and spinal column. So that is, that is our functional analogy for the first three systems. So if we want to get a little more granular than that, and we do, we'll start with system one. In brief, system one is the collective extremities of the autonomic nervous system, essentially the sensory and motor nerves. In the abstract, it is the group of primary operating processes within a system. So you would like employees and their role within a company, for instance. This could be it's like this is the system actually taking the the external input. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or or feeding output back out right. into the world. Either one right. of those. It's not, it, it's not just a one-way thing. So this right. is it's, where surplus value is created. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I, there's a distribution within the systems of where surplus value is created, but this is the most easily identifiable point where surplus value is created. Definitely. Um, so yes, this could be the role fulfilled by workers in a factory or office organs in a body components within an organ, or in the case of the central nervous system, it would be the nerve endings themselves. In the level of recursion downwards from the one you are assessing, they are each their own recognizable systems five. So, you know, organs in a body is a great uh, example of that. Importantly, there is decision and management, these, these functions, taking place at this metasystemic level. A lot of people think, like the workers in a factory aren't doing any management. Oh, contraire. They're doing a huge amount of management at all, at all times. We just don't recognize it because of class conditioning and class interest. Um, <laughs> so, Well, then there's also different types. Yes. And different orders of management, vitally. Exactly. Like they're not all the same. Exactly. There are qualitative differences between types of distributive, distributed decision and control. So uh, this also contains the base level management structures we see within a nerve network, which may be analogous to the role fulfilled by a shift supervisor in a corporate setting or a shop steward in a union one. This is to say that it might be convenient to think of those things as being one order higher than the actual functioning uh constituent parts of a system but stafford says it's really not he's like any kind of just like basic coordination that that's happening even if you have isolated roles that are assessed for it that's still really all system one management and system one control that's happening so i think we could we could analogize that like the management functions of system one would be when we're talking about labor you know like the management functions of the way that workers work together, like just as a part of their standard role, like automatically, like just mm -hmm. as after having been conditioned to their specific job, the way that they cooperate in different functions is one form of sure. management here. So like, for instance, like, like if you're talking about longshoremen often operate on a gang system or they did, at least I'm not sure if that's still true where you have a set group of, of workers who work together and over time, they develop better processes for making their work more efficient and working together specifically. They develop forms of management of their function. Mm -hmm, which they do automatically. Like they don't need mm -hmm. an in, once they know to do them, they don't need an input from any other worker. They're just like, this makes everyone's life easier and they do it that way mm -hmm. um, because that's what makes them distinct from, from system two in this manner. Uh, so yes, the signals that these constituent elements send up the chain in any organization are analogous to afferent signals sent by nerve receptors to the higher systems. And the signals that these constituent systems one, um, it's, attorneys general with systems, I believe. So it's systems <laughs> one, not system ones. Uh, systems one, the, the signals that they receive are in turn analogous to the efferent signals sent by the higher systems back down to the motor nerves. So just, just so that we're smoothing out all the bubbles on our neurophysiological uh, analogy that we're working through here. So then system two is a little hard to distinguish from system one sometimes, but it yeah, is so a... I think just to, to, to try and give another quick analogy for that, when I was talking about like the, the, the group of longshore workers, there when we're talking about like a, you know, shipping company or whatever, or 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 the union local, they would be system one. Mm -hmm. But when we're talking about the like 
broader system of like how their work is is completed. Like, you know, you could say their limbs, they they are system five of the system where system one is their limbs. Sure. Yeah, exactly. And you just have that recursion all the like all the way up to the national, you know, the international in, in the case of some unions, or all the way down to I mean, I don't know, individual nerve endings and stuff and like that. And I guess that. that, yeah, that broader system would just be the individual, where right. system five is their their collective, you know, mm-hmm. management function that that gang has, has, has developed over time. And then system one being the constituent parts of that individual. Right. And so you have these, these conditioned uh, managerial decisions that are performed by the system ones, but they do occasionally come into conflict with one another. This happens. Two people are both doing their job, you know, to the best of their ability and with the best knowledge that's available, and they cause a problem for each other. It happens. This is where you encounter System 2. Oh, 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 oh,